0: Today, it is about um, it is about presence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so I wanted to ask you, I'm sure you have a short story to share. It's about, have you ever, in your professional life, been sitting in a room, and then there was a person coming into that room, and all the eyes were on them? Not because they were about to go on stage, but because of the you know, the, the room that they take in as they enter. And I would like to discover with you today, what does it take to create such an impression on people? And can it be learned? Can anybody
1: be like that? Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's a good question, straight on the spot, right off the bat. Do you know, actually, the first person that comes to mind is the speaker, was Stephen Covey. You know the Seven Habits guy? Yes, uh, yes. Um, I was in Los Angeles in 1998 and I went to one of his lectures in a hotel. It was a 90 minute lecture with like 3,000 people in the room. Frank, he walked in and everything went quiet. He He walked around the stage for about two minutes moving things, you know, correcting his notes, putting his case down, fidgeting with a few of the books on a table on the side. And everyone just like, wherever he went, his eyes followed, everyone's eyes followed. And it, it did start me thinking, wow, really, you could hear, you know, they say you can hear a pin drop. And in our work, it gets me thinking, you know, what is that about? What is it that when people walk in a room, they've just got it? And what are those things? And you and I work in in the corporate world, um, and world of retail, public sector, private sector, and I don't think you need to be a famous author or a famous sports guy to have presence. Because your second part of your question was, can you learn it? I absolutely believe you can learn to acquire the elements that give you presence so that when you walk in a room or you walk into a virtual call today's world, you can own that room. You can have people want to engage with you, want to listen to you and want to be part of your world, for sure. Yes, I agree, and you're right, you you took examples of people
0: who were famous and in in some way, so they had some sort of following and fans and so on, but they also had to earn it. Uh, They weren't born with this, right? Right. So that's the thing, but then I also, you know, I don't want to go too much into detail, but I do also have uh, an example in my mind of a person who didn't even have any sort of significant title, but he also commanded a room each and every time, And I also recall that was impressing me very much as a young man. Was uh, my my first time I've been on a a trade show, and I was manning the booth as a junior guy. And then there was this, he was an executive though, from uh, a large telecom who was walking through the hall, had a bit of an entourage. um, But he had this, you know, this, even people who wouldn't know him. (laughs) had the eyes on him because he had this presence as he walked through the hall as he approached the stand and what what fascinated me the most i have to say it's not like that he came to the stand to have the meeting with our ceo Mm -hmm. he stopped by the first couple of you know little booths uh, was talking to the people, shaking their hands, introducing them, uh, himself to him, asking the people how they are, how things are going. They didn't even know them, strangers. Yeah. Well, of, of irrelevance to him. But he would make these connections. You know, that, that, and, and everybody would, would just, I don't know, was just fascinated by that. that, that such a thing never happens. Mm. And that was really, really surprising. I wonder if that's part of it. But you said there were components. Yeah, of, right. Uh, the of the presence so let's go through those what components contribute to having an executive quality presence
1: i think we can split presence down into internal and also into external levels of presence And, and you've already mentioned one and we can dip into that so our internal presence relates to the influence we have and the external presence relates more to the impact that we have and there are three for each side so maybe we can uh touch on the six and then maybe we'll dive into three uh today we can look at it hold on say that
0: again so three of them are for um your ability or your skill of influence correct right and the other three are related to how you create the impact that you want spot on influence and impact
1: Yeah, right. And I think that's why it doesn't matter whether you're some famous movie star who has an entourage that everybody knows, because obviously they have impact and influence by definition of their role. But the guy that you described walking into a trade show, if they're able to do that influence piece and the impact piece, actually topics we've discussed before in separate uh, Real Talks, you can have that level of presence and let, let's talk about the internal the three layers of the internal presence okay you've already mentioned one of them uh, connecting what is your ability to connect with others the ability to develop sustain and maintain high level relationship management even when you meet someone for the first time your ability to connect with them on a deeper level, because you've got strong interpersonal skills. That quality, when it comes to connecting, for me, is one of the number one areas of that internal influence. Can you connect with people? Yeah, in some meaningful way, right? It has to be meaningful, Frank. I think this is the opportunity, you know, when you describe that guy walking through the trade hall, he's going up, he's shaking hands, he's uh, introducing himself, and no doubt he's showing an interest in the other person to understand what they're doing, to draw them into a conversation. Whether or not he's trying to influence them with something he might have later um, is actually not the motivation. The motivation is to connect and to have that skill, that quality, where you can walk up. And let's be really clear, not everybody likes networking events. Not everybody wants to go into those events and just start talking to people. Right? Maybe not everyone is comfortable to just go up and say, oh, hi, my name's Brad, how, how are you? What brings you here? I'm involved in uh, coaching and leadership work. What about you? What's your passion? Like for some, this would be a complete leap of faith. To do this. But if you practice and practice and practice to get comfortable with those words coming out of your mouth, to have a genuine interest in others. My mother always used to say I was nosy. I, I redefine it as curious. Um, <laughs> but that curiosity drives my desire to connect with people. And so that genuine interest in what they do, what they're about, what they're passionate with, what they're really talented at. Actually, I I care less about their job title and more about what really interests them so that we can connect on a meaningful level.
0: I always uh, say the same. I think, um, of course, you can be tactical about making connections. But this will always make it hard. If it's just tactical uh, for you, you always have to plan this ahead. You, you don't really want to do this. So I think, you know, really, I think as a tip is, if you're not wired like that yet, is to consciously try to develop
1: a genuine curiosity mm-hmm. about people, anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Uh, and even to the point, right, when when I go out for a walk with my dogs, who I always mention, um, if I meet people, uh, I don't ask them, what do they do? It's not a question I pose to people. Oh, hey, what's your job? What do you do? My interest is in what excites them. What are their passions? What do they love doing? What are their favorite walks? To really connect on a level beyond, what's your job, Frank? The the conversation can end after that. So yes, connecting for me definitely sits at uh, one of the the, the three critical areas for internal presence, that ability to have influence. But it's more than a fire
0: and forget thing, isn't it? I mean, for developing this kind of executive quality presence, you also have to maintain those relationships. I mean, actually go from connecting to some sort of relationship. It doesn't have to be super deep with everyone, right? But if it's just a fire and forget, I mean, I think the value is
1: short-lived. Frank, if I'm not genuinely curious, I'm not gonna remember what you say. So the likelihood is if I just have those kinds of conversations with 20 people in a trade hall, unless I've written some notes on the back of your business card that you gave me, I'm not gonna remember that you said you loved motorbikes, that you love riding in the mountains, that, you know, I'm just not. So that genuine, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's genuine and authentic curiosity of an interest in somebody else, where the focus is on you. And I think this is one of those critical elements with um, connecting is, and we've talked about it in trust, right? That ability to develop intimacy and safety with people, where you're sharing as well. You're not just asking twenty questions of somebody. You're sharing yeah, like an elements, of, right? You're sharing elements of you, and that's where the relationship management. It's two way. So yeah, connecting first bucket when it comes to uh, internal uh, internal presence. Good. So, um,
0: what else is there? Because I remember there were there were three, or yeah, supposed right. to be three.
1: So second is competence, actually having business intelligence, being good at what you do, uh, actually being fully competent, understanding how to work and navigate your way around an organization. Uh, The downside to that bit is, you know, there are often, whatever organizations see some politics, within organizations and understanding how to to be savvy in your sort of business and org networking so that you understand how to move around when to talk to people, who to talk to. So being really good at what you do, but also being competent and understanding the business, the networking side and how the organization operates. You know what? It sounds a little bit like this
0: is so competence, the way you describe it, like having this organizational business intelligence and, you know, the networking and so on. That sounds to me a little bit like that's the tactical element of connection.
1: Right. Um, And it's about getting good at it. Listen, I think you have to be competent and credible in your job in an organization for people to then genuinely start thinking that you're someone who has that kind of extra layer of presence, right? right. Uh, if you're no good at your job, people unfortunately don't always observe or care so much uh, for their reasons. But yeah, I think it's a really nice way you frame that. Uh, actually, there's, it's the tactical side of the connection we need to be but not just with people right it's also the organization it's that org savvy phrase that you use a lot now to know how to navigate around it yes right and
0: uh, you know let's remember this is we were talking about the internal factors and the internal factors of developing this presence are you know play towards your ability to influence so it makes complete sense Right. so on the one hand side you have this uh, you know this natural curiosity about people you're good at making using your interpersonal personal skills to make connections but then you're also aware i don't want to say smart about it just aware about where do you need to pull the weights right. in you know critical moments for example or in uh, in important initiatives right so Are we saying, are we, you know, Brett? are we telling people to be political?
1: Oh, I hope not. Uh, But I am thinking we are suggesting that people need to understand how others operate. How does their organization operate? For example, if you're going to a big uh, sales kickoff and you've arrived late, you don't go up to the uh, sales director straight off the bat and say, oh, sorry, I missed your your talk today. I was stuck in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) right you you want to be honest you want to be authentic but you know you need to just hold back from sharing that piece of information with the person who might be responsible for promoting you through the business so no I, i i don't like to play the game i want this to be authentic so for me it's about really understanding the way the business operates so i can navigate it rather than playing it
0: the, the problem is the line between those mm-hmm. uh, two stages is relatively fine. But I think at the same time, it's also relatively clear in the sense of that, if you use connection in some sort of, let's let's call it, you know, organizational intelligent acting, but you do it in, you know, some shady hit or way with a hidden agenda without being open and honest about your true intentions and so on. I think then you're acting political. right? But so, th- I don't think there's anything wrong approaching the person you need to influence or win over for, to supporting for whatever you need directly and saying openly, what is it that you would like to achieve, right? And that's not wrong. I think the wrong part comes in when you try to do this in some mischievous way. And I think uh, then you're being political.
1: Uh, and I think what you've highlighted there really simply is it's all to do with intent. Yes. Your intention is to manipulate the situation to your advantage, and then you're gonna fall on the wrong line, on the wrong side. But if your intention is to be upfront, authentic, and honest, transparent about what you're trying to do, well, if I'm trying to influence you, Frank, to to come to my way of thinking and get involved in a project that might take some of your team and investment of time, well, I can't play games with you. Let me share with you what my idea is and see if I can tap into your passion <laughs> and your team's talent to get you involved. Yeah, sounds uh, very different. Business intelligence and being org savvy. Yeah,
0: I do be honest on that note. I really uh, remember one or two examples of people who ticked all the boxes uh, that we're going to discuss this in, in the second episode about executive presence, except that they were political. So, that got them to a certain career level, but at the same time, their influence was very limited because it was usually based on interchange of favors and these kind of things. So, if, if these leaders would ever need something from the organization they would not have influence over, Right. Nah, unless they would be afraid of the person, they will not help.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it
0: goes people back can to... Skip, people see it people just see it. Yeah, they can be very remote. They can be like four level of hierarchies down the line. If over the years your behavior has been political,
1: everybody will know. Well, and we we both know people I'm sure who are exactly like that and it becomes part of their brand, part of their reputation.
0: Yeah, sadly. I'm not sure if they are aware about what negative impact that has for themselves.
1: Right. So, we have our connecting, mm-hmm. uh, we have our competence, and the third internal layer of presence for me is confidence and it's a confidence within myself we've talked about confidence before excellent conversations on it what we're talking about here starts with my understanding of myself so my self-perception so how I carry myself how I look how I move total awareness it links to my self-esteem how I feel about myself when I compare myself to others, you know, how do I stack up next to my peers if I feel as though I'm not as important as them or not as special as them, or I'm putting myself down somehow, oh, no one will be interested in talking to me, Frank. Oh, there's no point in me going to that meeting. I've got nothing to say. This kind of low self-esteem is not healthy in this uh, level of confidence. And it wraps up for me in emotional intelligence. It's that ability to be self-aware and self-manage whilst having the relationship management skill. So I've got my competence and I know how to maneuver and operate within the business. I know how to connect on a deep and meaningful way, but I'm able to do all of those things because I have the confidence of my own self-esteem, my self-perception, And my emotional intelligence
0: which helps you actually greatly with the connection part
1: a great starting point for people to build up that level of internal presence when they start reaching out to new customers clients or jobs is everyone can work on their competence connection and confidence skills
0: I mean, that's beautiful. The thing is, uh, Brett, we, you know, like like many recipes, they they actually are simple in in you know on the, on paper, and of course, you know making these things happen is a long journey. Sometimes it requires work, and it is not easy, and it doesn't come natural for everyone. So I believe that's also, if, you know, this particular pillar on on influence is something that i believe coaching can also help greatly because i'm saying that because i just simply see there's just this small percentage of of people that actually have developed this executive quality presence where the majority is looking up to them wishing to be like that also right and i think unless you're you had some degree of support Um, in your development over the course of the years in the professional environment, plus being maybe cut out for this a little bit. um, I think that is an, an area that can greatly benefit from coaching.
1: I always had confidence. I grew up in a big family, lots of sporting achievements, but connections were not something that came so naturally. I was always relatively introverted as an individual. And I had a great business colleague many years ago who worked with me on just greeting people and learning to smile when I And Frank, I can remember an exercise he gave me where I had to stand in front of the mirror with him standing next to me, giving me feedback on how my, hi, my name's Brad, would come across with a smile on my face, literally for 20 minutes. Just looking in the mirror, hi, my name's Brad. (laughs) No, Brad, your smile looks like, you know, Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Um, yeah, That's yeah, maybe not what you wanted. <laughs> well, all feedback is, you know, the breakfast of champions. Yeah. But so I think that that commitment to wanting to, to practice on your own, you know, while we're all working from home, if you want to develop on your connection skills and you want to develop on those confidence skills, And maybe you can't find a coach at work or you can't afford to engage with a professional coach. You can stand up in front of the mirror or turn your mobile phone on, push record, you know, turn the camera on yourself and just record yourself saying hi and and practicing hearing yourself asking questions that aren't. So what do you do?
0: (laughs) Yes. I think this is a brilliant, of course, it's obvious, but it's also a brilliant tip, uh, you know, trying that. It's interesting, as you know, most people do not like to hear themselves uh, in a recording. They don't like to enjoy seeing themselves in a recording. Well, some of this may be, you know, a, a lack of self-esteem, but some of this may also be that you're actually seeing, you have an opportunity to see and hear yourself, or others see and hear you, and maybe that can give you an indication, all right, maybe, maybe I can, you know,
1: upgrade this
0: a little bit for myself
1: correct and you know i think it's really if you're prepared to kind of record yourself then when you watch it back watch it back with the sound down just observe how you look to to work on the smile to work on your you know your posture to see how you look and then listen to it with without looking at it so you can just really focus on how you sound when you're talking. Yeah,
0: that makes it sense to separate those two things.
1: That's yeah, right. before, you, before you put it together and then watch it. Because as you say, most people don't like looking yeah. uh, at them. Good result. tip. Yeah, good
0: tip. OK, so before we, because we're going to wrap up this, uh, let's give a little preview on um, the three external factors that we're going to discuss next time. Okay. So what are those?
1: So next time, we're going to look at charisma. We're gonna look at a deeper layer of communication. So how do you actually do the two-way thing, not just the connection piece? And we're going to dive into credibility, your actual personal brand, your signature, if you like.
0: That sounds incredibly exciting, I have to say. Uh, Also because, uh, remember that we said in the beginning that the external factors, they contribute to the impact that you're having. And who doesn't want to have a great impact?
1: Yeah, and and you put the two together, that's a powerful mix.
0: Right. Okay, quick summary for the internal skills needed. Yeah. You need to develop an executive-style presence
1: you need to work on. Connecting, deep interpersonal skills and relationships, competence, business intelligence and organizational savvy, and confidence, a level of self-awareness and emotional intelligence become master influencer our internal presence guides our influence awesome good see you next time Brad nice real talk Frank thank you see you later bye